body. He has your back. Previously on Woman to Woman. As married women is, is her concern, when he tells us that all he re- expects us to do is to obey that man and to respect that man and to um, admire him and to honor him, it's our responsibility to find out what that is. So we need to find out from that man what it is. You can't go ask your brother or your dad or because he's not that man. You have to go and ask your husband to find out what he needs done. Let's talk. Talk about it. Woman to woman. Yo, let's go. Talk about it. Talk about everything. Woman to woman. Yo, woman to woman. Let's talk. <laughs> and isn't it true, Pastor Deborah, that um, the trust, because I feel like we may have people listening and they're saying, well, you don't know yeah. my husband, right? Yeah. <laughs> they create exceptions, right? They come up in their head and they're saying, well, I know, okay, I know God knows all things, but this man, mm-hmm. right? And so they, they create like, this is an exception to what God has yeah. told me to do as the wife. Um, but isn't it true that the trust is not in the man, God. right? The trust is in God mm-hmm. and and you trusting what God has told you to do, and you are not focused on yep. what your husband is doing. It doesn't mean that you're not bothered or maybe get irritated or frustrated, but it, it, he's, and maybe he is wrong in some situations, but it, it still does not give us um, the, the ability to say, you know, I'm not going to listen to what God has instructed me right. and what I know I am being taught and what I know I can read for myself in the word about my role and my position as a wife. So I think sometimes women, we, we create it, we, we, we attempt, mm-hmm. we would like to create exceptions right. to this idea of what our role and responsibilities are. Right. And there is no exception to obeying God. Just be obedient. That's why you have to put God first and keep him first. Because if you don't put him first, other people will be able to talk you out of what God has told you to do concerning whatever, concerning your kids, concerning your husband, concerning your job, concerning the church you go to, concerning whatever's going on in your life. If you allow other people to talk you out of what God has told you to do, you will not be happy because at some point in your life, you're going to look back and say, I didn't have to go through this if I had just did what God told me to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so you you're wasting so much time trying to prove that you can do it yourself. And after oh, 47 years of marriage, I'm going to tell you, there ain't nothing you can do in your marriage for yourself. <laughs> but go to sleep and wake up. That's it. You can't even do that for yourself. God does it. Um, so you, you know, you just you can't do it. Uh, so much easier just to give it over to God, be open to God. You know, when he tells you to hush, hush. When he tells you to deal with stuff, you know, I've dealt with stuff when my husband said some things that I was like, okay, why did you say that? So you know what God did? He told me, he said, now, if he says this to you, then you just say, thank you and keep going. He's going to come around and ask you, why are you keep thinking me for getting on your case? And the thing is, because I'm sure I'm guilty at times of getting on his case. 
And he could have went off on me. So thank you for not going off on me. <laughs> and this is payback. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and but then, but then what, what that does is that opens the door for the Lord to tell me and explain to me exactly what to do about it. And I found out what my husband and most men, I would assume, is that the time when they're hot about something is not the time to try to deal with the body. Mm-hmm. Just let them go forward and do what they're going to do. And, you know, when my man is fussing at you most times, unless he's drunk, <laughs> when he's fussing at you, if you just let him have his say and acknowledge that he had a say, he'll leave it alone. He's done. See, that's the thing with men. Most time, once they done had their say, they're done. Mm-hmm. We're still yeah. holding on to it. Mm-hmm. And so just let them have their say. And then you go back and ask them, you know, how can I have handled that better? What should I have said that have gotten the, would have gotten that point or that you could have received it? And he'll be honest with you and tell you this is the way you should have handled it. Yes. Because a lot of times well, when, we are t- when we try to approach a man, we, well, you did this and you did that and you made me do, feel like this. No, he didn't make you feel like that. You made yourself feel like that. Because you just assumed he meant something that he possibly didn't move, didn't mean. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can't go on him like that. You, I mean, you, you might you might just have to say, you know, that just made me feel like this, and I know that's what you not what you meant, mm-hmm. and um, and then leave it, drop it, mm-hmm. forgive him and keep going. Yeah. He's gonna think it. See, that would make him think, but you getting all up in his face and wagging your your. Wagging out, I guess that's not the right phrase, but moving your neck and stuff like that, it's just going to make him more angry. But if you say something like that, then he's going to think about what he said, and he'll come back to you and say, you're right, I, I didn't mean that, and it did sound like it, but that's not what I meant. Um, that's how you deal with things. So stop attacking each other. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to attack each other. The Bible says you're one. So it's like half your body, you're looking at yourself in the mirror and the mirrors are people in person in the mirror is attacking you when you're attacking them. That don't make sense. But that's what we do to our spouse. It doesn't make sense. So we need to stop and we need to listen to God because God created us and God knows how to work with us. He does. He really does. Mm-hmm. And, and, and just like God is speaking to us about our role mm-hmm. and our responsibility, He's speaking to our husbands, too. And so sometimes we don't I don't know if we're always mindful Mm -hmm. of that truth. And sometimes we feel like, well, if I don't tell them who else. Right. (laughs) Well, God is speaking to your husband just like God is speaking to you. Yeah. And so although we may in our flesh feel as if we need to let them know. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Well, I need to tell him. Right. Honestly, um, God is God is speaking to your husband just like God is speaking to you, and so yeah. this this idea that if we don't say anything, then we are just um, not communicating or we are ignoring the problem, and we don't want to feel yeah. like we're brushing things under the rug. No, what you're doing is you're using wisdom. Yes, you're using wisdom and. Acknowledging that again, the trust is not in the husband; the trust is in God. Exactly. And God is always speaking to your husband, just like your your God is always speaking to you, especially if you're with a believer. Especially if you if you're with a believer. Amen, amen. So just hang in there, and um, you know, just be obedient to God. 
love your husband and respect him, honor him, and treat him the way you want to be treated. Not the way you are treated. Treat him the way you want to be treated. Because the Bible says you reap what you sow. So if you treat him with love, you're going to get love back. But if you treat him with contempt, disrespect, that's what you're going to get back. So, you know, don't, you don't, and nobody wants that. No, I don't know a woman alive who wants to be disrespected and to be held in contempt. I don't, you know, there's not one alive. So you start, have to stop doing that. It doesn't matter if he deserves it. What matters is what did God tell you to do? Are you going to be obedient to what God has said to you? Or are you going to react to what your husband may have said to you? So put your focus back on God. And God will put his focus on your marriage. But it's not going to happen if you don't keep your focus where it needs to be. Amen? Amen. I think we need to answer some questions. I have a teenage daughter who is extremely disrespectful to me as her mother, specifically verbally. How do I maintain my peace and still maintain my authority as her mother? <laughs> okay. I have a hard time with questions like that, but I know that there are some things like that happening. The reason why I have a hard time with that is because I grew up where if that had been me with my mother, I would have been on the floor. If that had been my daughters with me, they would have been on the floor. Um, first of all, we'll make her get on the floor and pray. <laughs> <laughs> she, if she's coming into my presence like that, um, the other thing is if, you know, I don't, she's young or whatever, I will... I think I'm going to let Dr. Crystal <laughs> while I get myself together because that question is tearing me up. I'm like, oh, no, no. Never, never right? Never, never. Um, my, first, my first thought is to that question with, with the question by itself, of course, not knowing any of the history. My first question is what happened? Mm -hmm. Because children are not created that right. way. Um, they're not born that way. So what happened in the family system that that made this daughter get to the point of feeling comfortable with the disrespect? Yeah. So whether that it, that could be a, many different answers, but this is for the person who asked the question. So think about what happened in the family system that led the daughter to feel comfortable right. with that type of disrespect towards you. Um, was it a lack of discipline? Because we know that Hebrews talks mm -hmm. about discipline. And even though it may not feel good, you know, at first, no discipline feels good. Um, but it does tell us that there we will reap um, uh, righteousness. We will, we will have peace. Um, the person who's being disciplined will reap this harvest of righteousness and they'll have peace. And then you will have peace mm -hmm. as, as the parent. So it may not feel good um, to discipline, but Discipline is a part of raising children. So right. is, is that something that may have come up where you have not been a parent who exercises discipline with the child? So now the child has become comfortable with this type of disrespect towards you. 
Um, the other question I would I would ask you to think about is, is there some hurt or pain that has <laughs> been overlooked that the child has gone through and you have dismissed it or you have ignored it or have not properly attended to it in the way in which your your daughter, I believe, or your child needs. Um, so that those are I think those two questions would be how I would like to start the parent off and how they're thinking about their own question and how they're thinking about yeah. what's happening with their child. Um, the other thing is for the for the mom who wrote in that question or um, I'm assuming it's a mom who wrote in that question, I would say that make sure that you are always confessing, regardless of what you see happening in the natural, always confessing what mm -hmm. God says about your daughter. Mm -hmm. So if you are praying for your daughter to be respectful and to be kind or, you know, mannerable, then you confess those things over her. And, and you don't have to, she doesn't have to be in the room with you in order to do that. That's something that you can do in your own prayer yeah. time. Um, and you can do that all day, every day. You can speak in tongues. You can, um, so that, so that God is under, so that you're praying the perfect will of God yeah. over your relationship with your daughter and over your daughter's emotional health. Um, because clearly something is not okay. Yeah. Um, and it, there is some healing that needs to happen. Um, and, and also, you know, if we just are mindful to, uh, use the word of God and allow God to have final authority in all areas, including the area of parenting. And we trust God, um, regardless if it makes sense to us or not, if we trust him, then we can rest. And that's going to give you that peace. We can rest in peace and know that it is right. going to work itself out because God's word is not returned to him void. Yeah. So using that approach, mom, is what I think may be best helpful for you. Right. Um, and the Bible says, you know, Philippians, don't stop worrying, mm -hmm. you know, stop worrying, be anxious for nothing. You stand in your authority um, because the question, you know, kind of sounds um, like maybe there's some timidness in the mom as well. And so mm -hmm. praying against that, that spirit um, of timidness and being able to stand boldly in your authority, yeah. um, I think is, is, is what may be helpful here. Yeah. The other thing is that does she act that way with any other bot, any other person? Mm -hmm. Because that will help you distinguish if she's just angry with you. Mm -hmm. um, so how does she interact with other people around you? Is she the same way? If, that, if, if that's the way she is across the board, she's angry about something. There's some anger that's, that needs to be taken care of. Or there may be, even be a sickness. But I would, I would start out by telling her, I, think, I believe you said she was 14, um, the discipline. The discipline is just guidelines that the children have. They have to have this, have guidelines. Now, um, what I started to do is I started to take things away from my kids when they got to be teenagers. Instead of, um, you know, I just had to start taking things away from her. And you can calmly do that. You know, she raises her voice. That's a week without the phone. Give me your phone. That's a week without this. Two weeks without the phone. Just add. I want. Three weeks, four weeks. Okay, I'm giving this phone away. <laughs> you know, there's things that you can do that, that will make the child think. You say, oh, she's going to be more angry. She's already angry. So what you got to do is you got to get her to realize that she's angry and she needs to confront it. And you need to let her know, you need to talk to me about what's going on. Mm -hmm. Because until we get this settled, you can't have your phone back or you can't have, well, my daughter, 
my oldest daughter, it was her, her flute or her music that she could not, couldn't have it back until we were satisfied that she was willing to grow up. Because I would always tell them, for first, my first thing was saying, I, want, I need you to remember, I'm the mother, you're the child. You can't talk to me that way. Now, I don't know if you've ever said that to your daughter or if she's always talked to you that way. But those are things that you need to, you need to find out. And then if she's always talked to you that way, then you not need to apologize for bringing her up that way. And let her know I was wrong. I should have stopped you back then, back, way back when. But I let you grow up like this. And now I expect you to know it's not right to treat me like this. And then you have to be patient with her and walk her through it. Because this is the way I look at it with, with kids. If she's talking to me that way, she's going to end up talking to the wrong person that way. And they're going to hurt her. So you have to stop it now. Whatever you need to do without hurting her. <laughs> without hurting her. I mean, um, you know, physically hurting her. You have to stop it. You have to talk to her. You have to take the time. You have to drop everything else. And you have to deal with that child. Because she's, she's out of your house in less than it's three to four years. Right. Uh, you need to deal, deal, deal with that now so she can know that it's not all right to talk to people that way. Mm -hmm. you know, and if she talks to you that way and don't talk to anybody else that way, there's something that she feels that you did to her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I can tell you that. Mm -hmm. Or something that somebody else did to her and you didn't believe it. So um, the other thing is, too, is that my, my kids always knew I had their back. You know, I don't care what it is. There was a way that adults, I told them, don't, don't talk back to an adult. You come to me. Let me know what happened. Let me talk back to them. And then yes. they saw me talk back to them. Yes. Well, actually, they didn't see me. Sometimes, most times, they're, they're kids would tell them, your mom told my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Being their advocate, yeah. Pastor Deborah, you yeah. are your child's best advocate. Right. Yeah. So you got to protect your child. And if they're not feeling like they're being protected by you, they will, they will be angry. Absolutely. They absolutely will. Yeah. Being their advocate is mm -hmm. so important. Um, so important. It makes them feel safe. It makes them feel protected. Yep. Um, so getting getting to the root of where this hurt is. There is yeah. hurt. We know that there is hurt. Yes. Right. Because no one's angry if they're not yeah. hurt. Right. right. So there is there is hurt involved. It's a matter of mom, you getting to the root of where the hurt is. Yep. And and then you help allowing God to aid and assist you, um, giving you knowledge and wisdom as to how to address those matters with with your daughter. Yep. And you know what? It could simply be something that, you know, because for, for teenagers, it can be real stupid. <laughs> it could be something that you told her she couldn't do and she didn't understand why she couldn't do it. Well, what you should do, do is tell her that she couldn't do it. One of the things I did with my kids when they were little was I read stories to them, uh, newspaper accounts where there was always a, a house party because I'm like, you're, never, you're not going to a house party. And they were like, why? And so I would read stories to them and I would say, now read, read this account where these, somebody came in this house party and shot this house party up. And it says an innocent bystander got shot or got hurt mm. or got hurt. And I, one of my pet things I would say to my kids, you will never be an innocent bystander on my watch. So no, you're not going. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we, 
you know, we grew up with, you know, child's supposed to be solid, you know, or whatever, but you got to talk to that kid. And that kid has to understand what's going on and understand. They don't have to agree with you, but at least the fact that you talk to them about it makes them feel like you respected them enough to, to uh, explain to them how you felt about it. That's what happens is that kid will go out and their, their friends expect them to explain it and they don't know why they did it. So now they become a, uh, someone that uh, the kids tease, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, instead of someone that they can say, well, no, I'm not going to be an innocent bystander or my mom's watching. I appreciate her for saying that and being that way. <laughs> they can't answer that. The kids can't answer that because they're not mature enough to. But at least she knows that's what you're concerned. You're concerned about her safety and she just have to live with the fact that if she's going to do whatever she has to do to make you safe. And when the kid understands that, then she, it kind of it makes her less angry. Yes. So there's ways to happen, and we just have to explain things to our kids and talk to our kids. Don't go overboard. You don't have to just explain it to them every single time, you know, and make excuse, make it like it's an excuse or, or whine. Don't whine to your kids, to them about, well, this is why. No, just tell them, point blank. You know, it's my... I have you at least for 18 years. So if 18 years that you are in my house, eating my food, wearing my clothes, sleeping in my bed, you're going to do what I tell you to do. I'll explain, I'll explain to you why I told you to do it, but I'm not going to, you know, you know, you can't beg me and make me change my mind. I'm not changing my mind. This is the way it is. When you get 18, do what you want to do. But you're not 18 at this point. So you have to do what I tell you to do. And that's what you have to let them do. And just, they don't, they, uh, like I said, I, my head is hurts to have thought of what I would have done if my kids had hollered at me. <laughs> I really would not have had to do anything. Their dads would have killed them. <laughs> Pastor Deborah, I could tell. As soon as it, soon, it's just, it, just, it just hurt. It just yeah. hurt. It mm-hmm. hurt your soul. It, it hurt your really soul. Hurts hear that. It hurts Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I've told their, some of their friends that would be, you know, around us sometimes and they would talk about the parents or talk about, uh, you know, different people and whatever. And I told them, if, you, if I ever hear you say anything about your parents in my presence, I'm going to kick you behind. Now, you don't think they were home until they hit their parents that, do you? No, they didn't. Because then the parents, if they had any sense, was going to say, oh, what were you saying? Right. What are you saying about me? Right, right. You're going over there all the time. Because <laughs> she's going to back me up. Um, you know, and I've, had, I've told the kids that. And I feel like, you know, I've never had problems with any kids in my house. And I'm like, at my house, this is how we behave. Yeah. Healthy fear is good. It is. Healthy, I, call, I call it healthy fear. I don't know if I just made yeah. that up. But healthy fear. Healthy fear is good. Yeah. It is good for children to have the yeah. healthy fear where they know this does not work in yeah. this household. This does not work with my with my mom. I, I, I know yeah. I tell I, I will use this one phrase with my children. Who 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 is your mom? Mm-hmm. Who who raised who raised? Don't you know me? Yeah. Right. And so they 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 do. They mm-hmm. they they know. And there have been other parents who will look at me and say, "Man, I, I don't. You just look at them." I wish yeah. I could. I wish I could look at mine that way. But when you raise them up from early, you didn't just start at you know teenage years you started from early on with raising them up to respect and honor you and when you do that from an early age even when there 
is an issue that they may be unhappy with based yeah. on a decision that you made, they will still know that, like I tell my children, you have a you, you can feel how you want to feel. Just make sure that it doesn't come this way. Yeah. Right. So you can be upset. And, and if you go behind your closed doors and make sure you don't mumble too, too loud, because if I hear if I hear you breathe too hard. <laughs> right. It's we're going to probably have a problem. But they, they, they know from an early age. Yeah. Right. They, they just know. And so I think what we said earlier, it, I, something must have happened at an early age mm -hmm. that got the that kind of put this daughter in this position of even feeling comfortable, even if she was unhappy with the decision that you made. Yeah. If, if yeah. it had been if it had been if she had been trained, um, my belief is that, you know, this this type of disrespect where you feel like your peace yeah. is being compromised, um, you know, it, it, it may be something that needs to be. Um, it sounds like it definitely something needs to be yeah. addressed where you you begin to discipline um, and st again, stand in your authority because children know they they your children. Know They're going to get away with whatever you let them get away with. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm -hmm. um, so if you let them get away with it, they're going to continue doing it. The other thing that, that I wanted to bring up is that if you sit down and talk to God about this and thought about it, he will tell you exactly when it started. He might even tell you exactly why it started. But he will exactly, he will tell you exactly when it started. He will, he will play the records that he has, has of you. And find out and be able to tell you when this started or what happened to start this. You know, it could have been a divorce. It could have been some sexual abuse. It could have been anything. Uh, um, just to give you a few ideas. But just, you know, making sure that you get to the bottom of this is the only thing that's going to not just give you your peace, but your child is now at peace. So you have to do what's necessary to make sure that this is corrected and do whatever needs to be done to do, do that. Um, short of breaking the law. <laughs> Don't break the law. <laughs> <laughs> Just find out what's going on and make the corrections that need to be make, made so that you can have a, a good relationship with your daughter. And we want to say thank you for being with us today. Thank you again, Crystal. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy. No, it's, it's been a joy. Been a joy. And we, we just want to say we love you. God loves you. And we will see you next time. God bless you. What every Christian parent should know. Growing children up in the 21st century can be a daunting task. For Christian parents, however, it can and should be a joy to raise children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Ephesians 6.4 God has given us an instruction manual for living. His Holy Word which includes instructions on how to raise godly children. In this book, Pastor Deborah L. Butler shares what she believes every Christian parent should know in order to raise their children in a way that's pleasing to God and that will prepare them for a future in Christ that knows no limits. Order your copy today in ebook and paperback at eStore.keithbutler.org.